Welcome to Make Pods Great Again. I'm your host, John, back with my newly vaccinated bestie, <gasps> Nikki. <sighs> Nikki, how I are you? I feel I'm great. I feel so lucky to have been able to sneak in. My um, my husband is a healthcare worker and is going back to work in doctor's offices, so I was able to to get in so that he doesn't he doesn't bring nothing home to me. Ugh. Yeah, well, that's, that's that's been my policy with people for years, so that works out. <laughs> Keep that to yourself. I know. That, well, good for you. Any? Uh, I know it's just been a few minutes, but any? You feel anything yet? This any, brand like, new breaking yes. news. My arm is sore, but is uh, my husband says it's just because I'm a weenie and I had a. I don't like needles, so uh, I'll be well, fine. I will be fine. Thank you well, very much. Jo- join the club for that. I haven't had it yet. I'll get it when I get the chance, but uh, they haven't gotten to me yet, so. We'll see. You're an essential worker. I don't understand. It's not fair, man. It's not fair. I'm on the front lines, baby, handing out those dollar bills at the bank. <laughs> Making it rain. I need the vaccine. It's somebody else's money. I know. <laughs> well, maybe at some point. You know, it'll, yeah. I'm sure it'll be soon. Ohio's a little behind as usual. So we shall uh, we shall see. But tonight we've got a living legend. That's what we're going with because you said it. Uh, I didn't. I did. But uh, I always feel weird calling people a living legend because it. I don't know if it's just saying you're old as hell or uh, oh. or maybe I don't know. If so, I'm a living legend too. But <laughs> but we have Chuck Carswell with us. Chuck, how are you? I'm doing great. And if I have to be a living legend, there's nobody better to be a living legend with than you, John. Oh, oh. there you go. Well, see, for everyone listening, that's, that's what how- me to leave. Yeah, that's that moment. <laughs> just wondering. Gonna have our bro, our bro time starts now. Yeah, yep, exactly. That, that's how you kick a podcast off to a good start. Suck up to the host. Let's go. Let's do this. This is good. Wait a Wait well, a I'm, I'm particularly excited because I was just telling you guys this, but I've had several requests to have Chuck on the show. We refer to Chuck as the Chuck Carswell, you know, just to amplify the living legend, but because Chuck is such a staple in the CrossFit community and has sort of been there since the very beginning and has served in so many different roles. And so, you know, people who know about our sport and its history and how we got to where we are today are particularly interested in hearing from you and kind of like, what your story is and how you got here. And and of course you're on the front lines leading some of our better newer initiatives too. So I'm so excited to be able to dive into all of that with you. Pleasure's all mine. And I appreciate you guys for having me. And if I recall one of our previous conversations, Nikki, I think the reason that I'm referred to as the Chuck Carswell is because I don't have social media. Does that sound exactly accurate? Exactly why. Okay, That's exactly yeah. why. We have the, the hashtag the Chuck Carswell because we can't find you and tag you and shit. So we have to make a hashtag so that we can like get this conglomerate of Chuck posts. Mm. Can, can I complain about us. that for a second? I've been doing yeah. these posts. All month. I know you're not on social media, so you don't know I'm doing this. So mm-hmm. I've been I do this uh, daily post called Year of Uplift, right? Okay. I start every day off on Instagram doing some sort of uplifting post, make people feel good about themselves, you know, whether it's a quote or or a profile or whatever. So for February before he shits all over everyone else with the memes. <laughs> yeah. The exactly. memes come later. It was like one, it's like you lift them up and then you and tear them down. Slam them down, right? So for the month of February, I've been celebrating Black History Month and celebrating African Americans in the sport of CrossFit. And so I've been picking people off, yeah, you know, and I'm sticking with uh level one coaches, you know, a few athletes, but mostly coaches and affiliate owners, right? People making a difference. And I've asked a few friends for, you know, who do you think I should be recognizing? And like a dozen people like Chuck Carswell. So I'm like, great, I'll go online and I'll research. Dude, you, 
there's nothing. It's like you were off the freaking grid. I'm like, I'm like, you guys are all telling me how famous this guy is. Like, there's nothing, absolutely nothing. This sucks. Not even a photo. I mean, you'll have to like transcribe this entire conversation so that you have something to write later on. I started calling you Chuck Bin Laden because I couldn't find it. Hey, let me just tell you, if I were a terrorist or a sniper, this would be the perfect life to live. Just no social media. It's the way to roll. How do you do it? I don't understand. It's impressive. It's impressive. You know. I, I think, you know, this is probably going to date me, but uh, we did say that we were kind of in the boat together, John. But I, I think it probably started back with MySpace, believe it or not. <laughs> oh, I, yes. Yes. way back. Yeah. For, for the folks that might be listening to have no idea what that is, just Google it and you might get a reference there. But the point is, I, I think I had it for a little while, MySpace, and I just it was just more of a nuisance than anything else. And I think I just just went away from social media from that point on. Now, I will tell you that I miss a lot of instant uh, kind of information from especially the community and things like that. But uh, in the early days of CrossFit, when I would reply to emails, my phone number was at the bottom of every email. So literally, I get text messages from folks I haven't seen in three or four or five years with uh, with sometimes pertinent information. But uh, yeah, I kind of love that. Kind of until you yeah. until you miss something really, really important. Like <laughs> you have to wait for somebody to say, hey, did you know that, you know, CrossFit just signed a, a CrossFit Games contract with Re- with Reebok? I'm like, what? Like, who said that? Like, said who you. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, listen, <laughs> since you since you've been off the grid, I need to fill you in on the pandemic. So okay, oh, okay, here we go. Let's go back to last March. It'd be great. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm sure all of that news has found its way via osmosis into yeah, Chuck's yeah. brain by now. Well, uh. then too, I travel so much that uh, you know, I would have figured it out in the airport when the TSA told me, Hey, you need to have something over your face. I was yeah. I got yeah. a beard. That doesn't work. Yeah. No, nope. got, got a wish. <laughs> totally covered. I would yeah. freaking grow a beard at this point if <laughs> if that is all it took. It well, would you, be hard. You just got the shot. You might now. You you never know. I know. Could be a side there you go. <laughs> Ooh, maybe I could make some bearded money. Maybe well, I will lady money need off of that. I will need updates if you start growing a beard because of the COVID <laughs> shot. That's for sure. <clears throat> I'll um. Uh, what would I all do? I'll like live stream it or whatever. I don't know. I'm also out of touch, yes. Chuck. If it makes you uh. feel better. And in <laughs> fairness, I don't think that um social media has gotten any less stressful since okay. your. Uh, you know, exodus from MySpace. Yeah. Oh, good. Well, I'm glad so, to hear you're really that. really not so, missing much. No need to rush back is what you're telling me? Eh, unless you good. want to check out all of the <laughs> Chuck Carswell hashtags. I'm, I'm doing okay. I just talked to my daughter. She'll let me know what's going on. So it's, I think John too, right? Your daughters are your yeah. window into the trendy world. Uh, yeah, it's funny. Like, you know, they're, they're in a different level. Like teenagers are in a different level for internet. Like, you know, I think what I do is like, cutting edge and they just shake their heads like no 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 dad that's instagram that's like 10 years ago like talking yeah. like it's myspace you know like, right. oh, kids yeah. don't really use instagram anymore they, that's mm-hmm. why we're there is because we're old as hell it's yeah. past snapchat and all that now yes. there's so many other ones that are out so every every mm-hmm. once in a while my oldest will like one of my memes online and i that's, those are the ones i'm proudest of if my <laughs> if my 19 year old likes it i'm like damn it that was good that was a good one <laughs> greatest one ever pat yourself on the back brother yeah <laughs> Exactly. Crazy. Well, Chuck, I would love to just start by getting into your like CrossFit history a 
little bit because I sort of alluded to this, but you've been in the game for a really long time and you've been with HQ for a really long time and in a million different roles. So can you just kind of start in the beginning and tell us a little bit about how you, you're like way back then, yeah. oh God, <laughs> how you got into it and, and how your position within the organization has evolved over the years. So 2006, I did my very first CrossFit workout. And it was Helen, three rounds for time, run 400, 21 kettlebell swings, 12 pull-ups. And unfortunately, it was explained to me, I think, incorrect, um, incorrectly. Um, I had been given a time of something like 14 minutes was where this gentleman had uh, posted his time or whatever. And so they said, yeah, just try to beat that. And so I just basically did the math and said, okay, this is the pace I need to go at. And went through the workout. And while it was challenging, it was not what I thought it was going to be. They were like, it's going to devastate you and all this. And it didn't do that. And so I went back and I think it was like two weeks, maybe a month later, um, I was scrolling online on CrossFit. And I think I saw one of the OGs. It could have been um, one of the guys from Canada or maybe Chris Spieler had done something like a sub eight minute uh, right, you right. Know, Helen. And so obviously I recognized at that moment, like, whoa, this is something totally different. So we started exploring it a little bit more. Um, I was working in a gym at the time, uh, a franchise gym that had a couple of locations, one in Georgia and one in Florida. And we were sending videos back and forth of what we thought were these epic, you know, workouts. And, you know, it's like, try to top this. And we'd send one and they'd try to top it and we'd send it back and forth. And so they introduced us to CrossFit. And then in 2007, the franchise decided, hey, we should go ahead and check this, this CrossFit thing out. So July of 2007, I went to my very first CrossFit level one in Jupiter, Florida. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it was still when all of the classic OGs were running seminars and, and, uh, and leading them. And we came back from that and I was like, yeah, this is it. This is what I want to do. And so that started kind of like my journey to find out more about CrossFit and how I could be more involved. Um, yeah, 2008, I went to two more level ones. They came to Atlanta and I sat in. It was at the gym that I was working at. So it made it super easy for me to just hang out in the background like I was working. And uh, yeah, and finally during the workout, Nicole Carroll was like, hey, what are you doing here at the level one all over again? And I was like, I'm just trying to learn, like, you know, it's what I want to do. I think I want to be involved in this. And she goes, all right, you need to go take the level two. And I was like, there's a level two? Like, who knew? Like, the website <laughs> well, I'm not was... on Facebook. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, not only was it not on social media, but the website back then was, you know, strictly about, hey, here's the workout of the day. And you might see uh-huh. a couple of videos along with it. Like, that was it. And so she's like, yeah, I think there's one coming soon on the East Coast up in Virginia Beach. And so, I shot up to Virginia Beach and didn't do well, uh, did well enough to, to to walk away with a level two and then got invited to an internship. And that kind of started my journey to CrossFit. So, yeah. so they had they had kind of become familiar with you. They were like, that guy's always here. Like, yeah, I don't know yeah, what I his think, deal is. You know, hey, you, if you hang around long enough, you either yep. fall into the pool or you empty the pool. One of the two. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I think I fell into the pool and uh, Nicole was, you know, I got invited, I think, because the odd numbers to work out with the crew at the very end of day workout. And, uh, you know, it, it went well enough. I think it was a team workout that weekend and, you know, I don't like to lose. So I was like, come on, you know, I was cheering my team on and all that stuff. So, you know, I guess I got on the radar. So cool. I think that anyone who's ever been to a level one or a level two, anyone who's ever been to any CrossFit seminar can attest to the 
energy that the yeah. staff brings. It, it's so special. And I know I sound like I, yeah. I like swim in the Kool-Aid, but I do. <laughs> so that's fine for me to say. Yeah. It's like, it's like nerding out with your best friends. It's like yeah. doing all of the cool. So for them to yeah. see that in you, I think yeah. speaks volumes to, I don't know how, how excited you were to be there, how well you took to the, to the programming and, and obviously like, you know, they can see who can, who can go ahead and re-explain, retell and storytell. It's not just like, Hey, this is how you squat. It's like, let me take you through this weekend so that you are like in it to win it with us. It's a big deal. I I think at that time, uh, you know, the, I was, this was my third level one and you know, you're talking probably, May or June of the next year. So, I mean, literally within a year, they had seen me at three different opportunities. And and here's the thing. Back then, it wasn't, you know, there's 14, 15 seminars on the East Coast, 14, 15 on the West Coast, let alone outside the U.S. It was literally one or two a month on the East Coast, one or two on the West Coast. And so for this kid to be showing up, probably wasn't a kid back then, but for this guy (laughs) to be showing up at these seminars, Clearly, you know, he, he's obviously interested and possibly invested in, in what we're doing. Yeah. And uh, and I think that was probably the initiation. And then, you know, the social uh, aspects we used to have after the level one were always fun for me because it's like these were people I idolized and they were yep. right here in front of me. So why not spend some time chatting with them, talking with them and getting to know them? And, uh, you know, I guess I carried a, enough of a presence at that time for them to be interested, at least. So that's I think it worked well. You should have told Nicole Carroll, listen, I've been to three level ones. That's basically a level three. Yeah, at this point. Yeah, Yeah. why do I need the two? I've already got the three. I don't understand. There probably wasn't even a three back then. I don't don't know that there was either. I think it was a two. I think in the way that, if I'm remembering correctly, the way you got your level two was you had to volunteer at so many level ones. Like, that's how you got it, you know. Um, That was before I went to take it. That was before level two was coaches prep. Yeah. Yeah. So it, well, this, is, this is this is back when they used to wear the yellow shirts. I don't know if you've oh, seen God. photos floating around. There would literally be 15, maybe even more trainers at a level one. So there were this, this CrossFit staff, but then there were all these assistant coaches that were around. And I think what was happening is they were being evaluated yeah. as they were going through the process. And that's how you received it. So for me to be able to go to a separate location was probably right at the beginning of that, you know, whole, you're going to coach in front of everybody and be tested kind of thing. So, so then you were on, I live in that seminar staff life and that's, Mm. isn't that great? Like lots of travel, like you're going all over the world and yeah. what was that like? Well, you're talking 2008, late 2008, I went for an internship at the federal law enforcement training center in, uh, in South Georgia, Brunswick, Georgia, which is, you know, a stone's throw away from Florida, basically. And, uh, and I was supposed to be volunteering, like literally just showing up to help out. It was called my internship. And, uh, you know, Coach Glassman at the time, who was still running the program and Nicole Carroll had some other meetings or stuff they had to do. And so they literally took off and left Adrian Bosman, me and a couple of other trainers in charge. And so it's like, Hey, you're going to be coaching. And I was like, do what? Like, so I was, yeah, trial, trial by fire. So I was <laughs> right. thrown in and, and probably didn't do very well, but did well enough to get invited another time. And, and literally that was my exposure into, um, you know, the seminar staff. So yeah, crazy. So it, it was probably, was it, was it just that for like a few years before your roles started to expand? 
So that was in, I want to say that was in August of 2008. And so I think what happened was after that, when I got invited back for one or two more later that year, and I was just a trainer and uh, didn't know enough, you know, was still learning on the fly and was savvy enough to know that I needed to lean on all the other coaches that were there and uh, just tried to learn as much as I possibly could and ask questions and and literally not be a turd at dinner. Like that was really what I tried to do, you know, just be somebody that they wanted to be around. So that's how it started. And then the travel, you know, obviously at that point it was East Coast, West Coast, East Coast, West Coast. And so I was getting all of, not all, but quite a few of the East Coast seminars. And then I probably had, again, one or two great moments that uh, got back to, you know, to the powers that be. And somebody said, hey, let's try to invite him. I don't think I said no to anything for probably two years when I first started. Yeah. And so, you know, fortunately, I loved it enough and, um, you know, was willing to travel. My mom used to work for Eastern Airlines back in the day. And uh, I'm used to sitting in the airport for hours at a time with a coat jacket and a tie, you know, with my fingers crossed, (laughs) hoping to get on a flight. (laughs) And uh, and now I show up with a ticket. It's not first class, but I show up with a ticket. And, uh, you know, so it's a different experience. So that was uh, it was an easy transition for me regarding the travel. Now, by the time I met you for the first time in 2013, I think, yeah, yeah. it was 12 or 13, one of those, you were already in your role as the head judge. Yep. And so how did that transition kind of happen? So this is, this is, you know, and there, I think there's a running theme here, at least in the early days, there was definitely a running theme. You hang around, you do a decent job somebody recognizes it and you don't, and and when you get promoted, you don't act like a turd when you get to the next level. Like that's like, you're, you know, I think Pretty that's solid ca- life advice I, in general, I think, <laughs> truly. <laughs> if everyone could take a page out of Chuck's book, please, and not be a turd, that'd be great. Listen, I, I use that for all of my daughter's boyfriends. That's how it rolls. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> you get invited to the dinner table, just don't be a turd, you know. So, uh, so, so what happened was, I think it was 2009. Yeah, 2009 at the ranch. Um, we're there, and I believe that we had had the team events um, on the side of Dave Castro's ranch right at the barn. And he put John Brown and I in charge of that group over there because we had been making some no reps and all that stuff. And, and uh, that's when it started, like literally right there. It was in the spur of the moment. I think the heat of the moment, Dave is like, Hey, you guys go over there. And it was like, all right, cool. We went over and we didn't screw it up. And lo and behold, you know, the next year, you know, a few years later, I'm, I'm now, you know, with other head judges under Adrian Bosman as the head judge of my own little regional, essentially. And that's that's literally how that started. So. Chuck, you could not pay me enough to be a judge at <laughs> a professional CrossFit event. But Why you is that? It just well, because you're like it, you know, at the elite level, especially when you get into those those final heats, like people's careers depend on this. Like yeah, their entire yeah sporting history is defined yeah. in these moments. It's just yeah. too stressful for me. Do you, yeah. do you ever feel that? Of course. I mean, as you know, like over the years, the, obviously the stress level has increased. I mean, there are, there yeah. are people trying to make their living doing CrossFit yeah. now, and that's a, that's a different animal than people competing at a barbecue, hanging out on the weekend. 100%, right? like that's, yeah. Um, but, but just like you would any other job or career, you would you would put forth the effort to make sure you understood and knew all the standards, requirements and all of that. 
and that you fully explain those appropriately to the people that are going to be competing. And then once we have an understanding of what we're looking for, you kind of know what we're not looking for. And if we get anything other than what we're looking for, it's not going to work. And it's like those clear lines of demarcation to me sort of sets you up for good success. And so being a jerk as a judge or, you know, an asshole, whatever they want to call you, all goes back to what did we all understand prior to this thing kicking off? And now that it's kicked off, let's just revert back to what we originally talked about. And I think if, you know, if, if, if that's the scenario, you kind of minimize and squash a lot of the angst and anger um, that, that can come. It doesn't minimize all of it, but it, def- <laughs> it definitely makes it a little bit more palatable when you have to address it. So, and I'm always so impressed by you and by Boz and Todd and all the other guys who are Eric, like everyone, you guys are just so Zen about the whole scenario all the time. And, you know, you've got these volunteers <laughs> under you and like everyone's freaking out all the time and there's complaints and whatever. And I'm like, wow, these guys are they're just like breathing through it. They're going to get us all through it. You know how like when the plane is shaking and you look mm-hmm. at the flight attendant and they're okay, then you're yeah. okay. But I'm yeah. like at an event that like something's getting heated and I look over at Chuck and Chuck's okay. I'm like, oh, okay, we're going to be okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, keep it, keep in mind that, you know, the head of the CrossFit games is a, a former Navy SEAL. So, you know, yeah. it's like <laughs> we can, we can manage what we've got going Handle. on. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I agree with you. I think that, I think that, you know, leadership is obviously a big deal. And if people are looking to leadership for the response, then, then, you know, to some level, we kind of have to have our, have our shit together. And I think that, you know, obviously the preparation, the planning and the discussions and the what ifs, all of that stuff gets handled beforehand more times than not. And so we kind of minimize any opportunity for, for there to be uh, those major upheavals, um, you know, at, at least from our standpoint. Now athletes, because they're competing, and trying to win are always going to have those upheavals. But, you know, again, if we can keep a level head, sometimes, you know, cooler heads will prevail. Um, if we, if we have dotted our eyes and crossed our teeth. What are the, what are the major differences you see between those original athletes you saw coming through and like kind of the, I hate to call them the modern day athletes, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm OG enough to remember like Rich's first year winning the games and even the people yeah. before him. And, you know, I think of, uh, you know, a lot of the people you've named, even like the Chris Spieler who were, were the heroes, to me when I started and now I look at him compared to some of, you know, even I hate to call them middle tier athletes, but some of these middle tier athletes now would have been winning the games back then. Like, Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know, like just what are your thoughts around that? Yeah. So clearly, you know, we're, we're, you know, to some level we're advancing human performance. And so we expect year after year, these performances to be, you know, increased. And I think you see that played out in some of the workouts that Dave challenges these athletes with um, to show them how far we've come. And so what do I see in terms of that? I just see performances that match the the growth of the program. You know, we're we're now, you know, if you're talking 2007, the first, where are we, you know, 14 years into this thing now, um, you know, you should, I think that math is right, right? Yeah, 14, that 17. That sounds right. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're 14 years in. And so the training tolerance for a lot of these athletes is even greater because as a pool of athletes, everybody's getting better. And uh, as long as we see athletes continuing to improve, you're going to see performances continue to go through the roof and and seemingly, you know, dwarf past performances. But I think if we would have had a deeper pool of athletes earlier on, 
you might have seen some of those athletes push themselves, challenge themselves, train more frequently and even dial in their nutrition a little more way back when. But mm-hmm. um, it's impressive to see. And I think what's happening is the distance between the the traditional classic, hey, I'm just going to the gym CrossFitter and what is considered our top tier games athletes. That distance is growing. But the box and what's happening in it is growing also. I just think that those elite level athletes have just reached a place that's almost, you know, unable to be comprehended by mm-hmm. normal, us mere mortals, you know? And I mean, <laughs> I have I have literally one of everything. I got a muscle up, I got a pistol, I got all of that stuff. But, you know, stringing together 29, 30 in a row, muscle ups is just something you wouldn't have thought of seeing years ago. So clearly the, the performance is excelling. And I think that the dedication for from those guys um, too is just is is not not only as um, as committed as it was before, but the resources and the available outside assistance that they can get just mm-hmm. makes that process so much easier. You know, so yeah. It, you, you know what I would also add to that is the the mentality of the athletes themselves that they are athletes yeah. and that this is a yeah. sport. Like. Yeah. You know, when I first started working for CrossFit HQ at these events, like these athletes just got good at fitnessing in their garages. Mm -hmm. Like nobody knew or thought of themselves as a full on athlete. Nobody understood that they needed to do post heat interviews and put a camera in their face. And they were like, what the what? Like, I just am 21 (laughs) years old and like to work out with my friends in my garage. (laughs) Leave me alone. Like it was it was completely different. And now there's, there's an entire, you know, little society, a little ecosystem around the sport with, you know, people who are sponsoring them and fans who want to hear from them. They understand their responsibilities as athletes. So it's, it's grown twofold, not, not only in the skill set, but also in the little world around it. Yeah. The legitimacy of the sport is increasing dramatically. And and obviously in large part, it's not only to to do with what's happening at the box level, but it's, it's what's happening at the games. Like these athletes are, are making it known that, Hey, this is something you need to check out. You need to find out what's going on with these athletes. So. Hey, Nikki, let's take a quick break from Chuck and talk about our sponsor this week. You can. Yeah, you can is a really cool uh, supplement brand. That's been letting us try a bunch of their products recently, which actually has like kind of changed the way I look at the way I get my energy from my food and my supplements when I work out. Cause I feel like sometimes people think about like starches or carbs and they're like, no bad. That's bad. I don't want those <laughs> in my diet, but like they truly do provide the energy that you need to work out the way that we do at CrossFit and the, the UCAM products that we've been trying lately have been really helping me with that. Well, I love them. I've been eating the granola. So they, so they oh, sent yeah. me the granola and uh, I don't know if I was supposed to do this. I didn't clear it to them, but I went and got some yogurt because that's the way I like to eat granola. Yeah, no, same. And and deli- totally delicious. Um, but I can like I can honestly say like it's all been helping that and the, the super starch drinks um, are really helping me push through the workout. So not like it's not like a pre-workout. It's more like I know if I have it before and I've got a, you know, 30 or 45 minute workout, I'm just not going to burn out. Yeah. They're going to feel like depleted while you're trying to work out. Yeah. So if you're like, what the heck is super starch? It's basically a patented slow releasing complex carb that delivers this steady long lasting energy without triggering an insulin response or causing an insulin dump, which makes you feel like you're going to crash. So it's like, don't eat a donut before you work out, have some of this granola and yogurt. 
Well, I've been particularly partial to the bars for whatever that's worth. The bars Mm -hmm. and the granola, the drinks are good, but the bars are my jam. I know. You want to hear something really cool? So this, this was actually like the whole super starch product was actually created originally for a child with a rare metabolic disorder because clinical studies had shown that these UCAN products can help athletes maintain these high levels of energy for extended periods of time. But they also show that the super starch increased focus and prevented fatigue and prevented that like post-workout food binge. So it's like, it's just interesting that they like sort of started making the starch for a child that needed that type of energy because of their metabolism. And then they were like, oh shit, like CrossFitters and elite athletes like kind of have the same metabolic dips and issues and it could totally benefit them too. It's interesting. I just need it because I'm old and that works too. Then there's that. And I'm tired. (laughs) Yes. Well, we can get everybody a discount. So if you use the, if you go to ucan.com, was it dot co? Is that right? UCAN, co, yeah. yeah. UCAN dot co backslash wads, W-O-D-S, and then use the code wads because we're very creative. You'll save 20% <laughs> on your first order, which is yeah. very, very cool. Yeah. And then the link, it'll be in the show notes and in our profiles too. Yep. Yeah. So perfect. So uh, go get yourself some you can and uh, you can love it. Oh, see, I just made it up. Oh, <laughs> you did. I liked it. I actually liked You're it a welcome. lot. This is, this is why I'm in media. All right. So everybody, <laughs> uh, let's get back to, to the uh, show with Chuck. When it's advancing so quick, like I, I was at a teen event uh, earlier in the year or right. like back in the fall. And I was watching these 16, 17 year old girls. They were, um, they did the same deadlift ladder that was probably like the 2009 games maybe, or whatever year <laughs> okay. it was. And mm-hmm. these 16 year old girls are lifting more weight than the people that were winning. Yeah. The men, they were lifting more than the men. Like it was yeah. crazy. Like when you think yeah. about it. And so now I'm thinking, you know, you got these, these young women out here, you know, snatching over 200 pounds at 16, 17 years old. Like what's this sport going to look like, you know, four or five years from now when they hit their twenties and start competing in the games, it's going to be really insane. They're not yeah. human. They are cyborgs. Well, I am maybe. convinced. Maybe. I'm convinced. It's gotta be it. I think I think if you if you go back and you look at some of the top performers that 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 we had in the early days, some of them were athletes from other sports, no question. Yeah. So they had the drive and the and the understanding that hey, to be really good at this, you got to put in the work, you got to refine your technique and all that. Now what's happening is athletes have had six or seven years worth of CrossFit before they even turn 20, like that kind of thing. And like that's that's been unheard of up until the last few years. And so now you've got kids that are that are performing all of these sports where they're learning their bodies, moving through space. And on top of that, you attach a CrossFit program to it and they realize they can compete in CrossFit, probably most of them, far longer than they would in their sport. Um you know, I, I just think that the the level of athlete we're going to continue to see is just going to continue to blow our minds and push that marker of what is possible even further out. So, so cool. Yeah, it's, it's very so cool. it's a cool time to be a part of the program. That's for sure. Yeah. So speaking of so you at this point in the Chuck Carswell career, you're kind of you've done the level one thing, you you're doing the coaching and the uh, judging thing and all that's happening simultaneously. Right. So like, what is your life up until let's say like the big changes that we saw when sanctionals came and then COVID came, like, what has your life looked like? Because you travel every weekend on a seminar and then, you know, we had regionals three times. 
I was I was in a I was in a lobby of a hotel back in 2009, and I was having the same conversation with one of my good buddies, uh, Pat Sherwood, and he said, "You know, we we live our lives in airports and hotels, like literally that is the life we live." And and you know, I signed up for it. There was no question. I'd had a couple of jobs before I got this one. Some of them were pretty good. Some of them were horrible. And uh, this is not one of those bad jobs. And so yeah. uh, getting on a plane every weekend is is uh, is is kind of something that I look forward to, to do the work. Now, here's the other thing. Make no mistake. Traveling is hard. You know, yeah. you get canceled flights, stuck in cities and all that stuff. But I also live in one of the best cities to travel from Atlanta, Georgia. Like where yeah. else? You know, if you're trying to go nonstop, Atlanta is definitely one of those cities that you want to live in. So, uh-huh. yeah. So it makes it a lot easier. And once you learn the airport and, you know, what train to get on and not get on, it makes it a lot easier. So mm-hmm. yeah. what terminals have the good food, yeah. all there that good go. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. For I, sure. So, so yeah, I, I literally probably up until this past year with COVID, I probably was working 40 to 47 seminars a year. So yeah, gone quite a lot. And weekdays is weekdays was spent sitting at the computer some and and things of that nature. But, um, but yeah, now, now it's a, it's a little different. So maybe not quite as much on the road, Uh, way more seminars in Atlanta. Um, Haven't, haven't pulled out my passport in a long time. So, you know, it's a, it's a little different now, but still, still just as fun. Are you from Atlanta? Yeah, born and raised. Uh, I've got 12 relatives around here, too. And I think everybody else is transplant to Atlanta. Yep. So, <laughs> All right. So I'm originally from Mississippi, born and raised. and okay. uh, But I've lived in, in Ohio for 25 years, which is why I don't have much of a Southern accent. But you don't have an excuse, man. You still live there. No, so what, the, what yeah. the hell? Where's your Southern Dude, accent? My dad, my aunts, uh, my dad, my dad's sister, my aunt was a school teacher. And uh, I think somewhere along the line, she forced it out of me. That sort mm-hmm. of thing. So, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I had a couple of good teachers along the way, I think. And uh, might have had one or two speech classes in high school and maybe maybe one in, <laughs> in college. So. <laughs> There's been some oh. preparation and my mother, my mother is, is, is a Southern girl for sure. She's from a little bit further North of the city, but uh, yeah, she, she made me uh, rephrase things and, and uh, challenge me quite. So, so you know, Nikki just had her first grits experience a few weeks ago. Okay. Oh, first time good. ever. Yes. Good. <laughs> and I, it's not, I, well, I learned, I didn't, I learned, I didn't season it. She, didn't, she didn't do it right. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't do it right. Yeah. So I would do yeah. it again. Okay. 100%. So what so so you definitely have to have probably a quarter to a half stick of butter. See, that's what I said. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Thank okay. you. Thank well, it you. just tasted like plain oatmeal and I was like, what yeah. the fuck is nah, the fuss not, about? Not like, oatmeal. Nope, not oatmeal. Yeah. Two different animals. Yeah. Because yeah. she didn't put butter in it. I was so that's I was right. so annoyed. No butter. <laughs> didn't know. I didn't know. I haven't been yeah. back to Cracker Barrel since. Oh, yeah. So and you can also you can also um ask or make a request for your for your grits to be to your liking so if you want something like that they can bring the butter if you prefer to have a little bit more hot water on the side so they're not as cakey you can do that like you can oh you know, yeah you can tailor make those things man yeah, you just my you need to go back experience and have, to my liking I, I think the grits experience needs to be done with someone from the south what do you think wow. yes wow. Agree. yeah 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 all right, well, all y'all go get your vaccines and then we can have a post-COVID grits experience together, please. We'll bring in Haley. Haley Adams told us she wants to be a part of all this right. already. That's cool. 
Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll do it all together. Let's, so, let's see um, if you grow a beard first and then we'll determine uh, right. whether or not we, okay. I'll yeah. be your benchmark. <laughs> well, truly, if I grow a beard, are you going to want it more? Just, you know, bring it in Maybe. a little thicker? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> if you could change the color of this one, then we'd be all set. You know, we can yeah. just ferment that before our grits trip together yeah. if you really want. Yeah. Been I'm down that saying. road. Not, not my favorite. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. So, um, so this past year has been weird for you then. I mean, it's been weird for all of us, obviously understatement of the year. I instantly mm-hmm. take back sounding so casual about that, but just travel wise, <laughs> just travel wise. I know it's been hard for me and I travel, you know, for CrossFit events a handful of times a year. Has it been kind of nice being stuck at home or do you, are you antsy and you miss it? Where are you in that spectrum? I think, I think I was doing okay. I think the rest of the people that live in my house were a little antsy. (laughs) They wanted me out. I was messing up their weekend plans. You know, it's (laughs) like they they usually hit the road and are out till, you know, the hours, you know, till the sun's coming up kind of thing. And so I think I messed up their groove, but um, I, I must say that, you know, the first time I actually, I wish I could remember exactly where I went, but the first time I had to travel again, I want to tell you that I probably, I probably rechecked my bag, my gear, my equipment, probably six times, just because I knew for a fact I was leaving something, you know, just one of those yeah. things you haven't done it in a while. So you, you pack the night before you, you check before you go to bed, you wake up, you check, even though your flight's not till four or five o'clock. So I was constantly, you know, double checking that. But um, the other thing is uh, the airports are empty right now. Yeah. And so it makes it really easy if you have all of the, you know, your passes and all that stuff to be able to get through there. So I was probably not as antsy as the folks in my house, but once it, you know, the travel opened up a little bit more, it did kind of get, um, you know, a bit challenging, but uh, not antsy. So, yeah, I've good. been, I've, you know, Atlanta's again, a good city to have seminars. So yeah. when I, I'm not exactly sure how they, you know, choose which cities they are going to, but I got to know that obviously if COVID is a challenge and the travel to some cities is kind of restricted, the place that they're going to go is probably in the South and probably to major cities where people can get, you know? Yeah, and so I, I've been, yeah, I've been very fortunate that, you know, we've done some seminars here in Georgia and, and uh, in uh, Alabama too. So. Cool. Yeah. I don't I know if that answered with, your question, but no, it does. I, I get it. I totally get it. It's just a big transition, you know, and we've been through, we've been through so much as a community too, in the last couple yeah. of years. And I know that you've sort of been on the forefront of the implementation of the scholarship program, especially recently, we had a chance to talk yeah. about it a little bit back in October That's when right. we, that was, feels like forever ago Yeah, right. Um, when we did that very short interview for the CrossFit Games stage one pre-show. And I've had a, a load of requests from people ever since then to get you back to talk a little bit more about that too, because, you know, John, it was a huge proponent of it and, and pushing the, diversity aspect of the big discussions we were having around CrossFit. So it's, it's exciting for me to have both of you on this show to kind of meld your minds on it. To tell us just, you know, what, how you've been involved and what it's been like for you. Well, 2020 in many aspects, I probably wanted to bag it up, put it in the back of a car and drive it off a bridge, you know, that kind of thing. But yeah. out out of 2020 came some pretty incredible things that did happen too. And so I think we've got to, we got to kind of not throw the baby out with the bathwater, you know? Totally. Um, but, but being on the front edge of this thing has been really cool. The CrossFit Scholarship Program is a, is a, is an initiative that we that we came up with to to do two things. Number one, um, provide uh, access to communities, um, uh, underserved communities that normally wouldn't have access to this to this to this training, and then and then number two, to uh, see if we couldn't uh, reach out to some folks that might become great coaches in the future. Mm-hmm. Like literally, we are exposing. 
kids to the CrossFit Level 1 seminar and giving them every opportunity that if they want to, they can become trainers out of this program. And so um, the initiative started right here in Atlanta, which was really cool because the gentleman that we partnered with, um, well, let me back up. We partner primarily with nonprofits, organizations, or uh, groups that actually work with kids. And the reason for that is because we want to make sure that the communities that we're serving actually have a longstanding track record of doing right by the kids that they're working with. And so we partner with those guys to provide a two-day level one course for them where we literally tailor make it based on uh, who the kids are. And so the ages range from about 14 to 18. And uh, we can't go any lower than that, but occasionally we can make a slight adjustment if they can be vetted properly. Um, and literally what we do is the two-day course that, hey, here's a way for you uh, to, to be involved in an activity um, that will not only change your life, but anybody's life that you involve in it. And also give them an opportunity to literally become a, a trainer that if they want to go down that road, this is an avenue that you could provide for your not only yourself, but potentially for your family if you are willing to go down the road. And so we hand walk them through the two day course and um, and give them the opportunity to be exposed to all things CrossFit that all of us, you know, and the ten, tens of thousands of CrossFit trainers worldwide uh, have not only gone through, but some of them have started their training and many of them have gone on to open their own business because mm -hmm. of it. And for these kids to have that opportunity at 14, 15, 16, 17 years old, um, I don't think we're going to know for years what this can potentially be or what it's going to become, but um, it's going to, it's going to be pretty powerful. No question. What's it like, like when you like are with them and you, you see them and, and like, do they get excited about it? Like, so we've we've done it. We've we've done only three of the CrossFit scholarship programs so far because COVID has kind of screwed yeah. us up and made us reschedule quite a few of them. But we did one in Atlanta. We went to Portland, Oregon, and then we circled back and hit Nashville. And the very first one that we did, the kids had no knowledge prior to us getting with uh, Atlanta uh, Leadership Club um, with them. Um, um, with um, John Jarrett, they had no experience uh, with that. And so what we did was we trained those kids um, at the gym that they were going to go to the level one for a month and gave them enough wow. exposure so that when they showed up with the level one, they kind of had some insight. Fortunately, most of the kids that, that actually went through the program were already athletes at their schools. So they were football players, basketball players, that sort of thing. And so instantly what we did was we morphed the entire program to not only talk about you living your life outside the walls of the gym, but how it's going to benefit you in terms of your sport. And fortunately, all of the coaches that we had there had previous sports experience. You know, I was football. We had some basketball. Like, you know, we had all of the, 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 the sports that these athletes were in. So it's absolutely incredible because we have a good bit of information that we need to get through, but we've taken the test off of the two days at the very end. So we can literally talk to the kids about anything and everything that they want to. And we don't have to worry so much about the full agenda that we hold at the level one. We can pause for a minute and take an additional seven minutes because the kid's like, hey, you know, I wrestle. I don't play basketball or football. How is this going to yeah, help yeah. me? So to me, that is the probably one of the best decisions we made as a, as a group was not testing the kids right away. Um because it did two things. Number one, it didn't set them up for failure. Hey, I'm just totally. introduced to this program and now I got to sit for an hour test. Yep. And, th and then on top of that, it allows us to 
morph the weekend to fit the kids that are sitting right in front of us. And so we've been in Atlanta. Those kids didn't have hardly any exposure. When we went to Portland, Oregon, the kids had been involved for quite some time in the program. And then when we went to Nashville, the kids were already doing CrossFit. And so, you know, we've had three different groups of kids, all of them considered underserved or the kids that we wanted to target. And uh, it's been literally three different audiences every single time we've went. And so it's been, uh, it's been a tremendous learning experience for us, but exciting. That's so cool. I just feel like even, even knowledge aside and the knowledge of our sport is so incredibly important and fundamental to all aspects of life, including sport and outside of that. But I, I feel like anyone who's played sports as a kid will know, like when you have coaches and teachers and mentors who are invested in you mm -hmm. in one way, shape or form. It just goes so far beyond even the yeah. knowledge they give you, like just the support yeah. and the, it's like my heart is like warm yeah. at, so, at you guys so bring, being there with these kids. So let's bring it back to what we were talking about earlier when you mentioned that, Hey, you know, this guy's shown up three times and you know, right. must have recognized. So, so that kind of environment is literally what we're trying to duplicate there. And so, you know, we, we you know, kids are, kids are tough, man. And, and, you know, you have to earn the right to be with them, that kind of thing. Yeah. And so, you know, we, we try to meet them at their level and create an environment that number one is going to be safe. And number two is going to be conducive for them to be able to speak up if they want to, and not have to do it a particular way. Um, they can just go ahead and, get it, you know, get it off their chest. And then it's up to us how we want to deal with it and, and uh, how we want to, you know, adjust going forward. So it's, it's been, it's been absolutely incredible. And most of the trainers that are uh, on the level one uh, scholarship program staff have gone through the kids program. So they already have kind of like a, a skill set of dealing with kids. And most of them uh, that are on the, that are on the training staff have had some uh, portion of their life that that was um, upended or you know challenged so they 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 are the perfect choices for um, for being in front of the of the kids that we serve that's so cool yeah it's really cool how's the feedback been from the community yeah. at large just in the program yeah so the feedback has been overwhelming we get uh, you know the first time that you know after we had launched the thing i think we got something like 1500 emails like you know i've been you know pulling what little hair i can grow on the sides out trying to <laughs> trying to sort through them but uh you know most people are are either wanting to go to the um to the scholarship program or wanting to serve and help or they have a nonprofit club or group and so they want to yeah. try to be a part of it and it's like yeah we we want to do all of those things but you know we've got to get beyond this covid thing as much as we can we haven't gone outside the us yet i've got a potential opportunity in canada and just got off the cool. phone today with uh uh, with Ed Morrison about possibly getting to Australia at some point. And so you know, the, the growth and the potential is limitless. And uh, I think it's, you know, it's, it's going to be a really cool program. And we've just, we're still just, you know, at the tip of the spear of this thing. So I think so of all cool. the good it does on so many levels. I mean, for one, from the business side, incredibly smart move for the business to start, you know, growing new coaches from the, very bottom. You get people yeah. interested in the sport or, you know, and I hate to keep calling it a sport. You get them interested in CrossFit yeah. early on and encourage them to become coaches, owners, you know, like deeply involved in the community. You can't help but grow your business. Uh, on the personal side, you know, I think of, you know, you're out there helping, you know, kids in underrepresented communities. Like I keep hearing the dumb argument. And I'm going to call it dumb because it's straight up dumb. 
that CrossFit is free. Why do we need to give it away more? You know, and, and while CrossFit is free, and it's one thing I love about CrossFit forever, it's, you know, it's always been on the main site. The equipment's not free. The resources are not free. The, the coaching is not free. Right. Yeah. And, and to, to find these young men and women that won't have that opportunity and to essentially to, you know, for a lot of them, you're giving them a career like, and could and, be, yeah. And for the record, a really good one. Like in yeah. my opinion, like, I mean, I've been involved in CrossFit for over 10 years. I'm in banking. So I feel like I have a pretty good sense of what a good business looks like. And, yeah. and, and CrossFit when done right, kind of prints money. Like it's a, it's a really good business. And, and it's a business where you help, you're saving lives. Like you really yeah. are. And, you know, so I, you know, I just think of all the good this is doing across so many levels. Like I can't imagine anybody looking at this and not going, man, this is a tremendous, not only opportunity, but just, just a great goodwill gesture. It's amazing. Yeah. Totally. I think, I think outside looking in, you know, people for years have looked at this program from outside looking in and they've had their kind of their, their responses where, you know, this sucks, that part's hard and it's dangerous and all that crap. And it's like, clearly when you hear that, it's, it's a lack of knowledge and understanding of what the program is. Cause you know, m- most of us are trying to get our parents, if they're still around involved, our grandparents, like that's the pro. And so, because we understand it, it makes it a whole lot easier um, for us to have a perspective and a shift that, that is drastically different from those outside looking in. I agree with you from a business standpoint, this makes all the sense in the world, no question, but from a, from a, diversity, equity, and inclusion perspective, you you want to talk about having it, you've got to go out and make that thing happen. That's it's right. just not going to come through osmosis. And while in the past, I think that, you know, CrossFit has been available, we haven't directly targeted specific areas. And now that's what we're doing. And, uh, you know, to go along with the gyms that are in some of these communities, you know, we're, we're trying to piggyback, help, and, and try to support what's happening there. There's somebody that's got to service these kids when this level one is over. And 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 that's where the affiliates are coming in along with their nonprofits is to help, you know, mentor these kids going forward and to, and to make sure that they still get the exposure that they need. Last thing I'm going to tell you about this is that, you know, we took the test off to make it appropriate for the kids so they can be successful. Yeah. But the 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 workaround with that is that. When a kid is ready, they can email me directly and we will get them into a comp level one after that's over, where if they want to become a trainer, they can literally go and sit in the the traditional level one, if you will, and and uh, and take that course and pass that test and knock that thing out. And so, you know, I just, uh, you know, it's, it's again, another way we're doing all the right things for all the right reasons for all the right people. You know? Chuck, <laughs> with the follow through. Uh, Look yeah. at that. Yeah, well. Woo. I've I've worked with kids in the past and you know I've I've I ran the Bankhead Courts Community Center here in Atlanta, which is a spot where quite a few of the the rappers are from and and TI, who is a big rapper here in Atlanta, was 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 just starting back at the time when we were there. But um the the one thing that I that that troubled me was was programs that wanted to come in and do stuff but but wouldn't but wouldn't somehow circle back to kind of, you know, to kind of help right. us along the way. Yeah. And, uh, and I just, you know, fortunately had support that we would, we weren't going to do that. So that's really exciting. That's sick. The thing for me that's, uh, I'd say it's troubled me, but it has troubled me some of the community at large has been, well, if, <laughs> if, you know, large groups of people or, you know, a diverse community wanted to do CrossFit, they would go do it. And my argument has always been like, I work for a bank and we have um, internships, like 
people like we don't wait for people to go, you know, I'd really like to do banking. That looks exciting. Like we don't do that. We have an internship for young kids and we bring them in and we teach them banking and we hope they like it and they stick with us, you know, and I view this exactly like that. It's basically an internship. You're giving them an opportunity to see if you like it. It's going to be at no cost to you. You know, we're not going to pay you to do it, but it's no cost to you. If you like it, stick it out. You're going to have a career. And, you know, in, in today's environment, um, you know, I think we lose sight that apprenticeships is still a very viable career source for people. And it's just, it's it's so impressive to me that you guys are doing this and and growing this part of the business. Cause I think it it really is the future of CrossFit exposure, opportunity, and mentorship with those three things in place, man, that I, I think that, you know, that this program is, 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 you know, it's going to be a force to be reckoned with in the future. And I, and I, and I haven't even revealed the multiple layers that, you know, are on down the road that we can do with this thing. I, you know, yeah. you know, these, you know, you get your level one, you go to the CrossFit scholarship program, you circle back, take the test, get your level one, start coaching. There's, there is opportunity for you here. There's, you know, there's, there's a door open. Uh, it may not be available to everybody, but there's a door open that we can help mentor you through it. And, um, and, and get you, you know, and get your feet underneath you so that worst case scenario, worst case scenario, you decide you want to go own your own business. You can, you've got access to some of the best coaches worldwide. You know, it's mm-hmm. just, it's just limitless, man. It's just crazy. Okay, Chuck, idea for you. All right, when, go for When it. COVID is less of a thing and these are happening more often and all over the country and hopefully all over the world, you got to bring me to one of them and we'll okay. do we'll do interviews with the kids and make them feel like yeah, yeah, straight yeah. up like games athletes and put yeah. together some like awesome media around <laughs> like, like, you know, you're here. How did it feel? Tell me what it was like. You just did your first workout. Like, what are your goals? Tell me everything. We'll, we'll make it, we'll make it epic for them. Yeah. I'm in. Yes. So there, there are two videos that are out already that uh-huh. we've done and you've probably seen one of them for Love sure. Them. The one where we did it in Atlanta and then, you know, why are we here? The one we did in Nashville. And, but I would love to do a game style. Let's where, go. You know, yeah. I'm ready. Right, let's do it. All right. Well, the slow-mo uh, footage and it'll be, it'll be awesome. Thank, thanks for the invite. You- Thanks for everybody. Well, Thanks and John will meme the hell no. out of it. Like I didn't even go. need to say it out loud. You, did, you didn't invite me. I hope you have an allergic reaction to your shot. That's what I hope. I grew a beard because I hope, of this you, I hope you grow a hand yeah. out of your forehead. That's what love I love it. Love it. It's gonna look love real it. weird on our next podcast. Yeah, it'll be great. Yeah, yeah. it's good times. Oh, I love it. Chuck, thanks so much for coming on and chatting uh, with us. This has been pleasures. really fun. Yeah, it's always a pleasure to talk to you and uh, to wrap John into this one's good times too. Hey, so I, I say all the time, there's nothing I like better about this podcast than when we get someone on that's been in, in CrossFit for longer than 10 years. Like, <laughs> I love it. Like, it's, my, it's so cool. Oh, it's my, it's always people that can remember what it was like before nanos just have a different yeah. experience. Uh-huh. Than CrossFit. Yeah. I think the, the real question is, did you have Vibram five fingers? Are you kidding me? There's no I, way. I look when it comes you. to wearing when it comes to wear a thong between my toes. I can only I do between two toes. So that's kind of how I roll. I'm the same way. <laughs> I never had them either, but I remember when they were all the rage. Yeah, the real OGs were Converse. That's what. Or that's Innov- correct. Or, yeah, of course. Or, or innovates. Maybe, innovates in the beginning. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, the Chuck but, Taylor was a staple of mine for of sure. No question. I, I remember distinctly. I, I started in 2011. I remember distinctly, distinctly watching this girl. It was a small gym, and this girl and her boyfriend were working out, and they're both wearing Converse and they're doing rebounding box jumps. And I thought I'd entered the fifth level of hell. I'm like, what is going on? Like this girl's <laughs> lifting more weight than I've seen in my life. I didn't understand that these big rubber bumpers were what they were. I thought she was yep, like 600 yep, yep. pounds, you know. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. why is this girl so strong and why am I so weak? You know, so bad. I need to go in, but I need to go in in disguise for sure. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> uh, it was fun. the best. Well, Chuck, yeah. thank you. It's uh, yeah. certainly a pleasure. And and yeah. especially thank you for what you're doing with the scholarship program. I sincerely mean that. Like that's, you know, every everything I've seen on it and, and obviously hearing what you're talking about is doing so much good work for the community and for these kids. You know, there's nothing I like better than seeing kids that are successful. I may send mine to you so you can fix them. My two good luck, might. brother. I, yeah. If I send, if you send yours to me, I'm sending mine to you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but we, mine, are, mine are in their twenties though. <laughs> well, we, I, I might hit you up for some, uh, some boyfriend advice. And so we, we have oh, one of those floating around no. now, so I might need some boyfriend advice, but Copy that. I can help you with that. No, it's good. I'm be effective. He, he's working out at my house now and I'm putting him through CrossFit workout. So because mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm not one of those dads that's going to bring a shotgun around, but I am bringing an assault bike around and that's just as good. So there you just go. as yeah. scary, yeah. just right. as threatening. Yeah. For Anything sure. to bring the walls down is what you want. And the assault bike yep. or, or the road bike will do it for you. That's but for sure. So. Here, here's the workout I did to him this week. It was great. This is the best. And then we'll wrap it up on this, but I love talking about workouts. So he came over with Meg and we did this workout. Um, it was every minute on the minute. First minute you did, uh, first two minutes relatively light. First minute you do 10 dumbbell snatches. Uh, second minute you do uh, goblet squats. And then third minute, you do max rep burpees for seven rounds. Oh, right. It was seven <laughs> rounds of that, right? Like 21 minutes. Yeah. Mm. So you basically get one minute of rest between each one though, right? Between okay. once you finish your third round of your max rep of burpees, you get one minute of rest and then you repeat. This okay. kid, to his credit, did 130 burpees in seven Ooh. rounds. Yeah. I was yeah. impressed. Now I, yeah. I'm I'm going to flex a little and say I did 151. So I'm I'm feeling good. Go. Oh shit! <laughs> yes, I'm feeling good. But I, okay. I held over I held over 20 burpees <laughs> around. But I was I mean low key killing myself to make sure my daughter's boyfriend didn't beat me. Was there a minute of rest or anything? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I wanted to do seven minutes of burpees because I figured that might okay. come up yeah, in the yeah, open. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, we'll take one minute of rest in between, but it'll be seven. Oh, you rounds. did do one minute of rest in between. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Yeah, but you get a full minute of burpees as hard as you can go, you know, yeah. after doing snatches and goblet squats. So your heart rate's up. You know, there you go. And yeah. uh this to his credit, this kid did good. And when he's over, I'm like on like right near death, like about uh-huh. to die. And he's like, Oh, that was nice. That was good. I like that. I'm like, I hate you. Like <laughs> I really That's not you. a good sign. So yeah. so let me tell you what you've got to do. You've got to change the movements then because clearly burpees are in his wheelhouse. You gotta make yeah. it something a little bit more challenging. Yeah. 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 And keep writing down the scores too. So as long as you're still ahead, you definitely want to write those down. The other ones, high five, chest bump and walk away. Yeah. I continue to stay ahead. The difference is, uh, you know, 17 and eight year old recover almost immediately. A 50 year old, like it's been three days now. I'm still not fully recovered. (laughs) I'm still a little sore, still a little little in pain. You're in bed, dad. Are you okay? Uh, We're just making it work. We're just setting it up for the next opportunity. That's all it is. That's right. That's right. Whatever it takes. All right, guys. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks again, Chuck, for being on. We really appreciate it. 
And uh, Nikki, go go grow that hand out of your forehead. Make sure Got you're you. Make sure you're uh, welcome. Yeah. Make sure. Thanks Matt, for having me, guys. Yeah. Thanks, Chuck. We appreciate it. For for everyone listening, for everyone listening, we appreciate you guys uh, being with us tonight, and we will chat with you guys soon.